welcome to another episode of In Retrospect. Uh, I am Brandon Forbes, and today I am joined with uh, the lovely Josh Tackett. Hello. Uh, Mr. Adam V. Hill. Hello. And Nathan Groves. Hello. And uh, today we thought it would kind of be interesting to, to talk through um, kind of our process and timeline when it comes to you know, uh, from the moment a, a call comes in with a client needing a, a video to delivering the final product um, for web broadcast or kind of whatever that is, um, you know, we get a variety of ranges on, you know, we need something tomorrow as far as, hey, this is going to be probably a two-year project. So we thought it would kind of be interesting to kind of hit on some of those topics, um, talk about some past projects. Um, but uh, Nathan, you know, is usually one of the the first contacts in the building, whether it's a phone call or an email receiving. So I figured uh, we could just kind of start with you. Yeah. I mean, I think that a lot of times people will come to us and know they need a video, but really don't know how to get to the actual finished product. So, uh, you know, we, I, I think we should probably start by just defining a little bit of the process maybe. So, you know, we receive a phone call or an email and somebody needs, you know, something. They know they have a product they want to either market or advertise or a brand video to make or an event coming up. And so basically we just work through it first to identify exactly what they need. Uh, we get real intentional about what the questions that we do ask when it comes to defining what that is. And um, we just get it on a piece of paper, basically. We have it, we call a project uh, creative directive or a PCD in-house that we've refined over the past six months or so. But we bring that to a piece of paper that we can all agree upon. We even actually at that point will start and initially talk through budgets. There may budgets may come in. It's a whole different podcast, but budgets may come in where they know exactly what they have to spend or they may need a range and we can kind of feel it out. So from there, we take that um, project creative directive here at Retrospect and we bring it to the creative team and we identify different various team members to be a part of that project based on experience and history with the client or the types of creative or the types of editing or post-production needs that that happens that, that, that goes along with that project. So then we have a creative meeting we make the strategies, we bring ideas back to the client. And once we all agree upon budgets and creative, then we move forward into the production process. So we move into pre-production, uh, which involves locations, scouting, uh, finding talent, um, you know, finalizing scripts and bringing all of these elements together that make, um, to get to the shoot. Then we film, which is the production process, um, cast crew, team members, uh, locations, we're on set, we're cameras, we have, uh, you know, just various elements to come together to be able to create depending on what the creative is. Mm -hmm. And then we move to post-production. So post-production then at that point, um, we are taking all the footage that came in and bringing them into the machines and editing and applying graphics and applying visual effects. Um, we go through rounds of revisions as needed and to get to the end. So that's kind of a long explanation. <laughs> um, and you guys can tell me how well did I do on that? It's a complex process. It's yeah. A complex yeah. Process. <laughs> so that's, I want to say that's high level, but I guess it can get even more high level. We just identify the problem. We come up with creative. Um, we go then and execute that and finish it in post-production. So there's a little definition. And one of the things that we were talking about before that we actually started this hitting record on this podcast was, um, you know, there's, there's a different level of process for each client or creative. So sometimes you can come into a project and we know that it will take, 
you know, half a day to shoot it and, you know, one day to do the edit. And that's, um, that's, you know, a quicker process. There's another times when we know that'll take, uh, filming two weeks in advance and takes a good solid week to make an edit come together. And we can kind of define that and that's a process. And there's other ones where we've literally worked for, um, six months plus on long term projects, entertainment project, episodic um, television shows. So let's just talk about that a little bit. I think that'll help define those who are listening um, by using maybe a client perspective of the speed of a process of um, bringing things to a finished deadline and on a timeline. So um, let's just start with Brandon. So Brandon, you um, have worked on various level projects as a producer and editor. And one project that you have touched a lot on recently is for a client here in Tulsa, Oklahoma um, called Han Appliance. And tell us about the speed of that process and that timeline. And again, we're trying to come up with the idea of what is the process and what does a timeline look for specific clients? Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, you know, Retrospect as a company has been doing Han Appliance commercials. I mean, I don't know the exact, you know, timeline, but it's probably been over 10 years. Um and, you know, the relationship is there with the client. So, you know, there's sometimes it's not even an email. It's like a phone call or a text from, you know, the client like, hey, you know, I need some spots coming up for, you know, we've got a Memorial Day sale or whatever, you know, Black Friday event. Um, you know, I want to shoot six scripts. Um, here's a date range. Are you available? And so we'll immediately like, yep, let's, let's look at the calendar. You know, it's nice. It's local. So, you know, it's, it's about a five minute drive from our studio. Um, the talent's local and it, and it's simple enough to where we can honestly even do like a small, like one or two man crew because we've done it so often and it, and it's, we've got it down, um, you know, kind of to a T at this point. So, you know, they'll, we'll find a date. And it's usually me at this point, just because, you know, I've have the ability to go and shoot and then I can come right back around and turn around and edit, but we'll go and shoot for, you know, five or six hours, knock out six or seven scripts that we aren't, you know, we didn't write. They're already like, we show up, they're already written. We spend about 30 minutes going over them, making tweaks. And then we go down and we knock them out in about five or six hours. Our, our talent gentry, she's just incredible at memorizing. So she makes our jobs, uh, way easier, but, uh, knock them out. And then there's an expectation that the spots are going to be delivered within, you know, no more than a week. And sometimes, you know, there's the request, Hey, can you turn this around same day? Um, and we, and we can do that because they're, a lot of them are one takes, you know, she'll get it on the first try, second try. So it's just a matter of, okay, the shoot's done, come back to the studio, put the camera or the card in the computer, ingest everything, get it backed up, throw it in Premiere, put our sound under it that we've used. And, you know, we've got all these processes set in place because we've done everything with this client for so long that we have the ability to basically turn and burn six spots that we shoot one day and the next day in theory, you know, with sound posts and color, it, you know, they can be ready to air. You know, if we shoot on a Wednesday, they can be ready Friday to air for the weekend. Yeah. So this is an example, I would say, as a very quick turnaround project. You know, I mentioned all the steps before. This one is eliminating several of those on the front side. We don't need to go find a location. We don't need to write a script. We don't have to necessarily come up with brand new creative. Um, and on the post side, also, we are limiting some steps. We don't need to come up with like heavy, extensive visual effects 
that are working inside of this or new graphics, a new graphic palette, a new color. All of these have been predetermined and predefined, which makes this process much quicker than another process. Um, so let's, uh, let's jump to Adam real quick and talk about um, the Oklahoma tourism uh, road trip, Oklahoma road trip that you've been working on for several months now and define that process a little bit for us as in regards to maybe comparison to uh, what Brandon just said about Haunt Appliance. Yeah. So for those of you guys who haven't seen it for the past um, about 10 months now, Retrospect has been producing this online a web series for the uh, state of Oklahoma and working with the Department of Tourism and Recreation. And it's called the Oklahoma Road Trip. And the basic premise is that um, three or four members of our team go out and they just experience Oklahoma, all of the tourist spots, the state parks, uh, restaurants, um, places to stay, lodging, and just really uh, go out and experience and celebrate what makes Oklahoma cool. That's kind of the premise of the show. And they're on this road trip that's kind of going a, a cer- huge circle around the state. And um, so early on, we were in talks with, um, or Jason was in talks with um, Matt Pinnell, the lieutenant governor, and they were kind of wanting this show to celebrate Oklahoma. And and so there were, I think the first probably three months of these talks were in just defining like, what is the show even going to be? Is it going to be um, a short form, really quick, um, you know, uh, series of videos? Is it going to be maybe more long form stuff or like a documentary? And so when, over the course of lots of series of conversations between um, the Department of Tourism, between us and between, you know, the government, it's just, it kind of fashioned itself into what we have it now. And so it's, we have about five to 10 minute episodes that air every single Wednesday. Um, and so in that we have a deadline for the proofs and a deadline for the final episodes. And so those are constantly the production and the post-production are overlapping and they're, we've developed a system over that course of that three months and really two months into the show where you know, the first episode aired and we were still kind of defining the process and re- really wasn't until maybe episode 10 or so that we really locked into a formula, not just in um, what the shows would look like, but how the shows would be produced. We locked into that formula and it's really just been um, pretty smooth sailing from there because we all kind of from the client perspective, from our perspective in production and in post-production, um, we're all kind of on the same page and kind of running toward the same goal with the same expectations in mind, which is kind of a huge thing. Um, so for that, it was kind of working that system of trying to figure out which cameras we use um, for our team on the field, like how long it takes me to edit um, each of these episodes and then move on to the next episode. And I think um, in relation to this conversation we're having today about timelines and Um, specifically kind of comparing it to what Brandon was talking about with Han. Um, These aren't necessarily one-off projects where each episode requires um, its own kind of planning and its own writing, even though there is writing for each episode, but um, it's a different project in that we developed that early strategy and that um, concept and that the expectations um, and then applied them to each episode after the fact. So, a lot of the writing and a lot of the planning happen in the early stages, probably in the first few months before we shoot anything. And then sort of as we're kind of refining it in the first few episodes. And then once we have that formula nailed, we just apply that every single week to every single episode. 
um, for eternity, you know, however long we want the show to last. But um, a, a huge forever. part of that, yeah, hopefully forever because it's really fun to work on and um, we love doing it. But um, a huge part of that was um, for me personally, I have this wall in my office that has this whiteboard on it. And what really helped, I guess I'm more of like a visual type of organizer. So I have every step of what it takes to create an episode and a check mark next to it of like, okay, here's where I am. Here's what I've done. Here's what I have yet to do. And then each next to each of these steps is a day of the week that that step is due by. So it can kind of seem like you're running a marathon when you're producing this 52 episode um, series that, you know, there's this endless mountain to climb, but I really kind of break it down from a post-production schedule. Like, oh, I only need to get to these three steps today and I'm on pace and I'm, I'm doing good. If I can get more than that, then I'm ahead of schedule. If our team can go out and shoot, um, you know, four episodes in a week, then we're really winning because it only, we only need to do one a week. So a lot of that kind of thinking when you kind of take this huge endeavor and break it into smaller pieces, you can kind of conquer those pieces knowing that you have that formula and that um, the writing and the concepting as your base for going about your day-to-day operations and creating a show like this. Yeah. You know, I, I think you touched on a really good point is that, you know, we're, as you're listening to this podcast, you're probably realizing, man, that's a lot of different various elements that you have to do or think about to be able to produce something. But uh, to what you said, Adam, is that if you can look at a project or a process, um, whether it be by client or create like a creative uh, process, if you can break it out and just find those sections that apply to that either client or the video or the pre-production or the post-production, it helps things become more manageable. It's like, look at everything you need and delete the things you don't and then go in there and execute. I think it's kind of what you said. So Tackett, uh, just Josh Tackett, um, you've been working on VeggieTales. A, it's called, actually called VeggieTales Remix. It's a show we've been working on for a while now. Tell us a little bit about that process um, from your perspective. So yeah, basically July, 2019, um, but well, before that, we had gotten a call about a, a opportunity to work on VeggieTales, which was, um, if you haven't seen it, it's an it's a children's animated show from when I was growing up, and they're basically they're rebooting it. They're they're doing new episodes, but in in between, um, they they had this concept to do a series where we replay the old episodes, but we also have someone on camera in between talking to the kids, directly to the kids, and teaching them lessons and kind of stitching together old episodes. And also, in the middle of all that, showing a uh, music video of an old silly song and kind of remixing it. And so that's why it's called VeggieTales Remix. So the the concept is super fun. And obviously, it's like one of the, one of the coolest things we've worked on. So basically, it was when we started, we had no process. It was everything was, you know, we, we knew we had our shooting process down, but everything was sort of new and we had to build essentially this process for the post-production of, you know, making this show happen. So we had to create the logo. We had to create, you know, build all the sets, design everything, you know, every step was starting from scratch because it was brand new. But, um, the, the crazy thing is like, you know, creating the first episode, maybe took a month or two months, whereas creating, you know, episode nine, which I just finished, maybe took three weeks. And and I'm just, you know, I'm kind of making up numbers, but the the point is that at the very beginning is most of the work. You're creating 
brand new assets, you're coming up with new ideas, you're designing things. And then closer to the end, you've already created this process, you've created all the assets, and you're sort of putting things together and, you know, assembling. So really, it's it's on a on a project of this scope, which is uh, about 27-minute episodes, um, it takes a lot of work up front to come up with the process and create everything. And then in, in the back, if you've created a really good process and it's become really efficient, you're, you'll actually see each episode takes less and less time to create. And that's kind of, I mean, that, that applies with anything, just like we were talking about with Han earlier. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, the fact that we already have the graphics made means that, you know, if, imagine if we got a Han, a Han spot and we had to create brand new graphics it would take a lot longer because graphics are very time consuming design and all that stuff. So, and that's just one aspect of it. I mean, if we had to go location scout, that would take more time. So it kind of goes into everything, but yeah, basically the process, um, you know, for me on my end, I'm kind of supervising all of the, all of the editing and making sure each episode gets edited, graphics done, animation, everything. And I'm working with, uh, other team members, Maddie and Chris, um, who are doing different parts of the visual effects and the animation and the editing, as well as Franks, uh, who did a lot of the editing of the music videos. And so it's this large team process. There's a lot of people that, and not to mention how many people had, you know, had to make it happen to make the shoots happen, which was, I don't know, 50 people or something. You know, it's probably one of our biggest shoots we've ever done. But um, basically, at the beginning, like I said, we had really we started from a blank page. And now it's like, instead of starting from a blank page, you've got, you know, almost like when you see a sentence and it has a, a line and you just fill in that one word, that's kind of where we're at at this point. We're, you know, we've got 80% of the sentence written out, we're filling in a few words. So um, at this point, we're on what, episode nine, episode 10. So no, it's getting sad. We're almost yeah, it's, done. It's, it's coming to a close, but the process, and that's what me and Maddie were just talking about a day or so ago. We were like, man, we could we could create 10 more episodes because we've got this thing down mm-hmm. and we don't want it to end because we've we've really got it all dialed in. And it's it's all about that process that you create. I think what we can learn from all of this is that there's an element of creativity in everything. Whereas VeggieTales may feel like it's the most creative because it was a you know something that's all original. And like you said, kind of blank papers, there were writers and producers and uh, directors and lots of meetings and calls. But there's a, a lot of creativity that has gone into something like Han Appliance. And it's a different, to me, a different type of creative approach to that and a different efficiency level, like a process level. You know, one thing I can probably say too is that um, there's creativity in all of those different things that we just mentioned as examples, but there's also efficiency and that comes um, from this in-house team. So everything that was mentioned today was all done from retrospect's perspective and being able to collaborate. We've talked about this in other podcasts, but being able to, to collaborate um, and walk across the hall and mesh and be able to make things happen inside of our our walls. Another thing to think about too is like the 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 key to, I think when we're talking about efficiency and getting things done quickly is having things that are pre-built as many things as possible that are pre-built. So even when like things that you probably don't even think about, but every time we start a project, we already have a, a project template on our server. So we don't have to, you know, configure premiere settings every single time. We don't have to come up with, like I even have for doing green screen, which we do a lot of in VeggieTales, I have a green screen template that I can drop a shot in and it's 90% keyed already. I don't have to do 
most of the king. I just kind of tweak the parameters. So as many of those thing, those type of things that you can put into your process, it's just going to be, it's work that you don't have to start from scratch. You don't have to always start from zero each time. And, it's, and that's how we are able to be more efficient. It's stuff that you don't want to have to do every single time. And it saves your brain like room to be creative too. Yeah. Like with what you're saying with pre-built stuff, like the, the tourism show is like that. We have the same graphics package and the same intro and the same kind of like templated items and like map animations that I don't have to create those every single episode because Tackett and Maddie created those like day one and I just kind of tweaked the parameters like Tackett was saying. And it kind of saves me a step. It kind of gives my brain a rest that I can focus on like the stuff that has to make each episode unique and special in its own way because it has the base structure of like the templated things that we've done beforehand to kind of save us time but also to save us like the creative energy to put those other places like with VeggieTales and the server and things like that that we've organized beforehand so that we don't have to do them fresh every single time. And it, and it's like that like those steps were taken all the way down like to Han where it's it's you know a local client that we've been doing stuff with for so long that I I would not be able to shoot and edit and turn spots in a single day if it wasn't for the fact that I can just go on the server there's a project already made the after effects file is already labeled correctly I open it up and I can easy manipulate easily manipulate the graphics that have already been made to change the text to whatever's going on. And it's because those things were set in place, those processes that help us hit the timelines, whether it's turn around in a day, turn around in every other week or turn around in, you know, almost a year. So, yeah, you know, it's automation, right? So we, we spend a lot of hours in this building trying to understand our processes and redefine them and go through, which seems like a very, you know, uh, not fun and not fun process. Um, it's not creative per se, but that process is all the way down from receiving a call, um, putting it into a project management system, which we use as a sauna to coming up with creative briefs that we have to, uh, the steps that we take there that are nearly automated for pre-production to, uh, the production team having uh, a camera room that's defined and, and labeled and perfect on that level. So we have, you know, processes can help birth creativity. Same thing that we've mentioned in a different podcast where like an environment change can also force creativity. I think to, you know, it sounds again, it's not the most sexy thing when it comes to film production, but it is extremely important for us to be able to do our jobs and move quickly and efficiently as we go forward. Yeah, that's awesome. I like that. The processes uh, breed creativity. That's nice. And so, yeah, if you're, I mean, again, just to kind of summarize, I think that really we have to be, and we try to be as intentional and effective as we possibly can when it comes to looking at a project. So we take it from all of our experiences that we have from different angles inside of the building, um, coming from pre-production to, to production to post. Um, we look at what is trying to be accomplished. We ask the questions that we need to be asked to get to the point and kind of reduce some of the uh, side effects or the things that may not be quite as important. We ask ourselves all the time is like, what, if somebody watches this, what is the main takeaway? What are they going to walk away with? And that starts the creative process. And from there, we just move it down this pipeline, um, a production pipeline. So um, depending on where things change, like if you had a change and we're in the, in the latter half of that, that's where that, that's where the timeline 
and and we look at it from a perspective like of a producer's perspective and say okay you need a change but we're in this late half here um, what is it going to take where up up the pipeline are we going to have to back up to be able to make that change so you want to change on a text and a voiceover because you or you didn't like the music say in post-production it's like the dominoes of everything that happened after that decision was made right so it's it's like if you're if you go back and say okay let's change this especially in post-production and editing because you literally almost physically it's on your computer screen but there's kind of a physical set of dominoes like if you take this line out and you have to shuffle the music well now it's it messes with the timing of the edit maybe and so then we have to mess with the music because the music was timed to the voices and the voices were timed to the graphics and so it it definitely is having systems are important um so that you can't backtrack because it, it the system itself kind of pushes you forward and kind of um is like the 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 um vehicle for the project to finish. Yeah, it's almost like a beautiful orchestra of moving pieces to do film production. It really is. There's so many little mm -hmm. elements and we talk about that here, but I really honestly, at the very end of the day, we come up with creative, we, we work through the elements to create it, we produce it, and then we finish it. That's awesome. Well, I hope you guys kind of, you know, got a little insight onto uh, what we do um, with our processes and our timelines and how we hit deadlines. And you know, if it's something that they need the next day or something where it's going to take a year. But uh, yeah, we'll put some links uh, below too uh, for some of the content that we kind of talked about if you guys want to take a look. But uh, we appreciate you listening and uh, we'll see you next time. Yeah, and don't forget to like and subscribe. Oh yeah, like and subscribe. Ring that bell. Ring that bell. Give us I don't understand a that. follow. <clears throat> the subscribe button a... on YouTube is a bell. Oh, so right. they say. So if, you, kick, if you click the bell, oh. it goes like this. It shakes. Gotcha. I went to like Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and yeah. Will Smith days. You've got mail. It's YouTube, my age. It's YouTube lingo. <laughs> it's the YouTubes. We still got to work on these endings. <laughs> <laughs>